Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Perry here to let you know that before we continue today's episode of Collider Movie Talk, I have a question to ask you. Have you ever played Forge of Empires? Forge of Empires is a city-building game, and it's also one of our sponsors for today's episode. In the game, you can guide a village through the different epics of human history from the Stone Age to the future. Through skillful planning on the battlefield, you can expand your sphere of influence and create an impressive empire. And what's more, there are continuous content updates to ensure years of fun together with millions of players around the world. And guess what? You can switch between browser, iOS, and Android devices at any time while playing Forge of Empires. If you're new to the game, I've got great news for you. For a limited time, Collider fans can go to forgeofempires.com backslash Collider and get a bonus of $10 worth of diamonds. So download the game today by clicking the link in the description section of this episode in order to get yourself a $10 starter package. This is going to give you 650 diamonds to start building your own empire. Diamonds are virtual in-game currency, no cash payout, only for new registrations, and not transferable. Simply go to forgeofempires.com backslash collider. Now download, install, click, claim gift, and then get your 650 diamonds right from the start. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. 
take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Here's a superhero roll call for you. We're talking Shazam 2. We've got the Black Adam movie. On top of that, I see some Captain Marvel on that screen because she's got a new clip from Endgame out. And then, oh my God, so much Suicide Squad. They got cut off, but it was Idris Elba, and it was also Viola Davis. Wow. We got a lot to cover. I I filled them in. They deserved their screen time right there. It was a very long roll call. Haley J, welcome back to the set. How you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here again. You always are. Yeah, because it's You're you're happy to be here. You're live streaming before we start without (laughs) giving us any warning. That's how you're supposed to do it, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Just catch them just like, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that, but then they didn't say anything, so we're good. But no, I always love being on here with you two because it's a great conversation and a lot of energy and passion and Fun. I'd say so. Yeah. You feeling it today, Haley? Of course. We're, we're like with that super cool yeah. jacket that I'm jealous of. Oh, thanks. Cool. How badass is that jacket? A little Star Wars. Yeah. Anniversary jacket. Gearing right. up for Mom. a little Star Wars celebration. Yeah. That we're gonna have so much content for you guys. Just wait for it. We're gonna have all the Star Wars coverage right here, beginning on Friday, which is day one of Star Wars celebration. 2019, it's going to be crazy. But right now, we got a whole bunch of news to get to. And of course, every Monday, we kick it off with a box office report. So, of course, Shazam took that top spot. It wound up opening up with $53.4 million. And not only did the movie make a lot of money, and it also has a great critical response, but now it's got an A on Cinema Score, which is always a nice sign for Weekend 2 and beyond. As for Pet Cemetery, as expected, that one opened up at number 2, and it took $25 million a solid start for that one this week. The thing is, that one posted a C-plus cinema score, so we're about to dig into a pretty interesting conversation right now. So, Haley, I'll go to you first on this. Given all of the numbers and the stats I just listed, what do you foresee happening for Shazam and Pet Cemetery in Weekend at 2? Well, I think, you know, Shazam's in the clear, basically, now. With their international, worldwide totals, they already recouped their reported budget because New Line made this on a, you know, a mid-budget superhero Mm -hmm. film. They're solid. I think they're going to continue to make money and they've got two weeks before Endgame, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they're going to, they're fine. They're going to clean up, especially because they're coming up against Hellboy, which we kind of talked about last time, isn't something that's got a lot of buzz around it, you Mm -hmm. might say. Uh, and then they've, there's Fast Color, which is also sort of a superhero type movie, but nobody's heard of it. Yeah, that was, yeah. this is the first time I could time see I've it heard. in your face. <laughs> yeah, You're like, what's what? that? Yeah, first time I heard Yeah, so Shazam is actually fine. Three weekends. Oh, three weekends. I was like doing the math in my head, and it's like, I can't, but it's, it goes um, it goes Hellboy, La Llorona, and then I didn't know what the next one was. Uh-huh. Apparently, uh, when, oh no, or no, these, are, too, these are Wednesday numbers. Apparently, Breakthrough and Penguins open up on Wednesday. The way the box office gotcha. most are listed uh, out is okay. for whatever reason the Friday openings are listed and then the Wednesday early openings uh-huh. are after it. Gotcha. So two weeks it's going to make a lot more money especially a cinema score. You know cinema mm-hmm. scores aren't the be all end all of anything but they certainly point to legs. They're useful tools when it comes yeah. to box office mm-hmm. predictions because usually the higher scores do mean lower weekend to drop offs. I am very concerned about Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Everybody out there knows I'm a huge fan of that movie and just because somebody else doesn't like it doesn't change how I feel I don't judge them for not liking it, but I can't say I'm all that surprised that it wound up with that C plus cinema score because it's it's not really a 
crowd pleaser. I think it's a great movie, and I think it digs into those themes of mortality really well, but it's not necessarily something that leaves you with a pep in your step when you walk out the door. Sure, and it's also, it's not a movie that caters to the original Die Hard fans. You know, the film, as they revealed in trailers, takes a lot of bold swings with the source material, which kind of can alienate fans of the original mm-hmm. material. I'm with Perry. I like it quite a lot, but the I, I think this is, you know, we're going to see a pretty hefty drop-off in week two, and it's it's unfortunate, but it's also not, because, like, it already is the second highest grossing Stephen King movie of all time. Granted, the the, the leap between 20-something <laughs> and 120-something is pretty significant. But it already, you know, sort of made that record for itself, did pretty well. And I, I have a feeling that it's going to do okay next weekend. My big concern is running into La Llorona, which may have got worse reviews, but is a huge franchise that is sort Uh of household known, as opposed to Pet Cemetery, which already has this like middling buzz on it now after the first Mm -hmm. weekend. Where do you land on the box office, Jay? Shazam and Hellboy. Yeah, Shazam will keep his money going. Hellboy will be the only competition, per se. And we've talked about it. There isn't much real push and buzz behind it. So that competition dies. Pet Cemetery. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I heard a lot of negative things about it. And I'm not one to let it that influence me, but I've heard nothing but negative like if you like the original, you won't like this. Mm. And so that is like you said earlier, that alienates some fans. Um Dumbo doing what Dumbo done. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Dumbo doing what Dumbo's done. Uh it's basically not profitable as they thought it would be. Everybody thought you bring in live-action Dumbo. Disney is taking these chances now with their live-action films. So you bring back Dumbo, a classic. Everybody's like, oh, we got Dumbo. Then people start seeing it, and they're like, oh, that was Dumbo. And now we're looking on next to Aladdin and then The Lion King. So to see how those fall suit. I've got some faith in Lion King still. I don't know. Aladdin might be a little wobbly in my book. We're going to get to that, though. Turning it back to Shazam a little, because with Shazam having a huge opening weekend, we had Dwayne The Rock Johnson take to Instagram to, one, congratulate the team behind Shazam, which includes him, because he was actually a producer on the uh-huh. film as well, I believe. But he also dropped a little something about the Black Adam movie, and he said that they should start shooting it in about a year so there's that but now that's not all we also just had a report drop right before we started taping that we've got the rap reporting that screenwriter henry gaden who also penned uh, shazam is going to return for the movie sequel and they also say that the filmmaking team of david f sandberg and peter safran are expected to return as well they don't say in what capacity though so for all we know sandberg will move to i don't producer. know some sort of producerial capacity i hope that's not the case but so now we have a potential timeline for Black Adam, and we also have Shazam 2 moving forward. Which do you think we're going to get first? I think we'll get Shazam 2 because I think that'll open the door to Black Adam. Like you said, they already set it up in the first Shazam movie. In the very beginning, it's talking about Black Adam. I think with the Mr. Mind and everything going forward for Shazam 2, the next will be unearthing Black Adam. And then that'll set up his solo film as to play the catch-up. Unless they want to do Black Adam first and have him be the bad guy. But he's supposed to be an anti-hero now. 
So unless you want to do Black Adam first, then go to Shazam 2. It's a couple of ways you can do this. Of course, it's 50-50, but it depends on how they want to structure it. I was surprised when I saw that video that he posted Mm -hmm. when he said, because it's not even like he said, oh, we're shooting it in a year from now. We're shooting it April 2020. It was like, I think we're shooting it. It sounded like a little wishy-washy. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. After Shazam was so successful right out the gate, I thought that they would have, you know, pushed forward faster on that. So that was kind of getting me a little confused. Then all of a sudden the news dropped about Shazam 2. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to move forward with that faster, fast track that. Because also The Rock is a very busy guy. Maybe they will fast track that. And then when The Rock frees up, then it'll be Black Adam. Well, it's the same thing. With like, I'm sorry, Haley. It's like the same thing with Aquaman. Remember at first, once they did those numbers, Aquaman 2 is happening. And then we got told we're getting the Trench spinoff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's sort of the same type of deal. They're, of course, like, yeah, the sequel to the movie is coming. That's a guarantee. Now, how long it takes for them to go into production and, you know, bring all the cast back is a whole nother situation. Another thing that actually just crossed my mind is they have the pressure to get Shazam 2 going fast because those kids are only going to stay, kids will stay for young so long. There's a like there's a whole host of factors as well. We just touched on like three of them. Uh there's also the matter of like budgets, which I would assume that a Dwayne the Rock Johnson film is going to have a much bigger budget. Whereas we saw with this, as we talked about briefly, they made it a mid-budget superhero movie, which then they can roll into faster, probably if they're planning to stay on that same. Yeah. If they, you know, they just got a win out of that budget, so why would they then boost Go. it up a huge bunch? We saw that with Deadpool too, remember? Exactly. And we saw what happened with the film. How people were received. It was like, why did you do that? Yeah, I, I think that they're gonna. <laughs> Play it smart, follow up on this buzz that they've got, follow the formula that they just saw work for them. We all know that New Line, through their horror efforts, has no problem turning out sequels pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Conjuring franchise is a well-oiled <laughs> machine mm-hmm. at this point. So I, I would put my money on Shazam 2 first. And above, on all, above all, because... Dwayne The Rock Johnson is so freaking busy. Yeah. You just can't get Dwayne Johnson quickly, even though he's been attached to this mm-hmm. project for years and years and years. He's always attached to like 15 things, and it's a matter of which one actually solidifies first. But I think Black Adam for him is this thing he's been wanting. Right. And I understand, yeah, once he got involved in the Fast and Furious franchise, that took over. No, no one expected Jumanji to be what it was. So, of course, he had to hurt and film the sequel to that. And he's had these other films. Yes, he's busy, but I think he wants this now more because of the success of Shazam. You would definitely want this to go forward. He's been talking. He wants to be this superhero. You get to be it, in a sense. Go for it. You can put these other projects on a back burner that aren't requiring that much attention yet. Mm-hmm. Because everything we know that Dwayne Johnson is attached to, we know is coming out. We know what he's doing. We know he's already working on them. We haven't heard of anything separate yet. And I don't think he would let this keep going because at some point, nobody's going to care. If, they, if it gets to the point where we start going two, three more years and we still don't have a Black Adam movie, at this point, it's like, don't do it. Or have somebody else play him. I don't know if I would go I that far just yet. I think maybe it's because it's been drilled in my head for so long. And yeah. because, you know, especially as someone who doesn't know the source material too well, it's like I've been picturing Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam for a little oh, while. Yeah, absolutely. And I really want to see that movie. But, like, I kind of hear what you're saying just with how much, let's say, just in my personal uh, case, I fell in love with Shazam. Right. I've got no problem waiting for Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam movie because I am beyond thrilled that there is Shazam 2 in the works right now. I can see that, but it's just how long are we willing to wait on something we've been hearing about for so long? I yes, have, I get it. It's The Rock. I get it. So I have a feeling that 
many out there will be willing to wait for quite a while, especially mm-hmm. if Shazam 2 comes out and it's as good as the first one. Fair. Also, that- without getting into any spoilers right now, obviously they're setting up a little bit of a connectivity here. So I think they've got time to maybe even build on that a little more before they loop him in. And then on top of that, I mean, just think of all the upcoming DC movies we have to look yeah. forward to. It's like before we know it, our attention could be completely diverted from by another big hit for them. So it's not like they, they have a lack in material coming our way. And we got James Gunn's Suicide Squad, so that takes a lot of focus. I wish that was a really good transition, but that's our third story for today. So we're gonna, like, I know, I'm just, I'm just severe... saying, it just happened. It just, <laughs> I, know. I mean, it just in the DC room, just talking about it, when you just say the different things they've got coming out to keep your attention. I see where your mind's you, at, you see where I, I like okay. it. I like it, but I have to completely turn us in the opposite okay, direction, no and I have to go to Marvel right now, because we just got our very first clip from Avengers Endgame, and it seems like it was the one that was uh, debuted at CinemaCon, I believe. We were actually talking about it on the show very recently, and now we got to see it for ourselves. This is the clip where the group is all together and they're basically introducing Captain Marvel's uh, role in the group and she's saying we have to go after Thanos and and Rhodes is asking you know where she's been all time all this time. So this clip semi gives us the answer to that question what she's been up to and why she hasn't jumped in when they might have you know needed her help in the past. So Jay first up with you mm-hmm. does this clip do it for you in terms of that specific answer? did what they say satisfy you as yeah, far as where it, has Captain Marvel's been all this time? Yeah, it, it answers that question real quick and easy. Like Brody said, we've been about this superhero life. Where have you been all this time? It's other universes that need a saving, and unfortunately, they don't have you. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's how you address it and you move forward. Instead of having some long, drawn-out story, we just know this is what she's done, now she's here. And you focus on what you need to go forward with. I'm good with that. Yeah, it was a pretty satisfying answer to me, too. And I think it also came down to her delivery of the line. I feel like it <laughs> yeah. it, it worked. And there was a little bit of, uh, I don't know if I would say heart, but there, there was like earnestness behind it where when she said that, I believe that she's like, really, like, unfortunately, other planets don't have people like you out there. So someone has to help mm-hmm. him. I believed it. And that, I think, is the main reason why it worked for me. I like it. I, I think it's a, like, sort of like you said, easy, done, boom. We don't really need more than that. And if we do want more than that, mm-hmm. great. They can make those movies. Where has Captain Marvel been? That's a perfect opportunity for them to not tell us a story that they could be banking for a future film. Mm-hmm. And expand the, uh, the cosmic realm a little bit, too. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind playing with I that I also more. like that they said, that Black Widow says in the very beginning, he's used the stones again. Yeah. yeah. Because if when you remember at the end of Infinity War, the gauntlet is burned out. Now, granted, that doesn't mean the stones are, mm-hmm. but it looks like how did he, he has to have another gauntlet formed in this whole time. Because that one looks like it doesn't work. Mm. The one from the end of Infinity War. But we also saw on uh, Nidavellir where the gauntlet mold is. So he could have gone back and had to make another mold, make another gauntlet. So those different things happen. But it's, you get those little basic answers that keep rolling. Remember, basically, uh, Peter Dinklage's character. Mm-hmm. He's the one who made the gauntlet. The mold was there to make another one. So Thanos could have had, hey, go make me another one. My question is, would that character do that again, having seen what he what happened when he built the first mm-hmm. one and how his people were why wouldn't yeah. he just kill himself i mean like uh, you take a character that was honorable and you turn him into kind of a villain if he builds him another gauntlet 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, hey, you have reality, so you can change everything and yeah. make him see. I, I guess. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that there should be an answer to mm-hmm. how that was accomplished. Right. But I just hope they don't throw that character under the bus. <laughs> yeah, Peter Dinklage with no hands. Yeah. Just like, I'm trying to Poor man. dude's been through Is enough. there any, uh, anything from the source material where the stones could have another housing? No, they're actually. Other is, than the Infinity Gauntlet? I don't remember anything else holding them but the gauntlet. I, if I'm not mistaken now, the chat and Twitter might correct me, but as offhand, I can't think of anything else but the gauntlets. Yeah, I'm just wondering if there's like another piece to the puzzle that we just haven't seen yet, because I know a bunch of people had pointed out that when we got that last trailer, that was the first time we saw Thanos in like all of his yes. armor. So I wonder if, I don't know, maybe it's built into that in some capacity if there isn't another gauntlet mm-hmm. or this one isn't repairable. Or, yeah, that's the other thing. It could be repaired. Like yeah. maybe he takes it to another galactic shop where he's like. <laughs> Fix this, and then he kills all their people. The galactic like, blacksmith, like, yeah. hey man, looking at your services real quick. Yeah, I don't know how many are out there. I've never been there. <laughs> he, just, he just calling galactic blacksmith. Hey, you open today? Yeah, I got to bring something in real Look quick. Right, checking out. Thanos checking Yelp reviews on blacksmith. Yeah. This one, oh well, half his people are dead. He's not doing this at all. <laughs> Do you guys think we're going to get more clips before the uh, the release of the movie? At this point, I pray God we. I pray to God we don't. I don't want any more. Just leave. This is it. Let it be. I suspect we're going to get Yeah, one. I know we yeah. are, but I'm like, and I don't I, want it. I have a feeling it's going to be the other half of, of the CinemaCon footage. Okay. That, That's what I would that think. Also, sense. because we know that at the recent press junket, they did screen 10 minutes of the film. So I imagine there's going to come a time where maybe they write that up. And the public will hear about that anyway. So the release of that footage, like, why not? Maybe. Yeah, this I'm, is CinemaCon, yeah. I would just say, knowing Disney's uh, marketing techniques, there's no way we're not getting more clips. We're going to get a couple more clips. We're going to get a bombardment of TV spots, yes. a bombardment of posters. It's just the same thing they do every time. So as much as I would like to not yeah. see anything else, I know that's very unlikely. It's crazy how we're going to get that, and it feels so unnecessary. Like, do you <laughs> yeah. think any of that is going to make a difference with whether or not someone goes to see this movie? Maybe like, your grandma would have forgotten or something. I Nana's don't know, not like, seeing this movie. Nana wants to see Pet Cemetery. Let's clear that up right now. <laughs> I just mean, like, I, I, I mean, not necessarily your grandma. I mean, that in the sense that there are people in this world like us who are going to see it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. But there are also people I know in my family who would be like, oh, that's coming up. Right. That sounds cool. And then they will forget immediately unless they see it on TV the week before and go, oh, right. I did want to see that. And also it's smart how Disney, too, is on, on top of that, as well as with their marketing. They're only using the alive people. Mm-hmm. Like no Tom Holland, no Chadwick Boseman, no Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, Chadwick Boseman has been given the "I'm dead" answer. Yeah, he's <laughs> literally like, he's like, I'm dead. I, I know, was I'm really dead. Enjoying those clips from yeah. CinemaCon. It's like I'm dead. Like, like he was like Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm dead. <laughs> and that's how you're supposed to do it, though. That's how you keep the mystique up of the movie. Because we know, yeah, they come. We know everyone's filmed. We know, yeah, they come back. We don't know how. We don't know what happens at the end. But you just use that original, that batch that you have to do all the press. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. They definitely have a good group there. It was, uh, it was really exciting. See, normally I don't care about this stuff that much, I think, because I have the luxury of getting to go to a junket every once in a while. But seeing everybody post pictures of that whole group on that <laughs> stage, I mean, it, it really does feel very, very final and very special. So... 
Well, it is oh, uh, uh, something we've been building to for yeah. 10 years, and it's something that I think a lot of us have a nostalgic attachment to that original Absolutely. cast and a nostalgic attachment that when you think of nostalgia a lot, you think of something far gone, already lost. But this is something that we're nostalgic about that's still a part of our lives as well, yeah. which is a powerful combination. It's like a, an inevitable end of a, of a phase that yeah. we know is coming our way, and it's you, you can feel like the sen- the sentimental this. Jesus. Sentimental. Sentimental. <laughs> I think I was trying to combine two words again. It wasn't even a spooners, and that was no fun. The sentimental vibe is, like, in the air so, so strong right yeah. now. And uh, we're going to keep it alive. We're going to keep it alive all the way through <laughs> to Avengers Endgame when it opens up. And I'll tell you guys right now, if you want some Endgame content, we got it for you on this channel. There is so much up already, and we have more videos in the works coming your way very soon. But... The time has come in the show to let you know that we are taking your live Twitter questions at the very end. Send them in right now. Use the hashtag Collider Movie Talk. Short, sweet, unique. That's it. It's that simple. Thank you, guys. All right. Story number three. We're diving into Suicide Squad territory for this one. So first up. We recently reported that Idris Elba was stepping in for Will Smith to play Deadshot in the movie. However, now it looks like that's not the case anymore. (laughs) Variety is reporting now that it remains unknown who Elba is going to play in the movie, but that everybody involved felt it was the right move for him not to play Deadshot. They didn't want to disrespect Will Smith by giving his character to someone else. And since he left the Suicide Squad because of scheduling reasons, rather than creative differences. That then leaves the door open for Will Smith's Deadshot to return in a future installment. On top of that, we also have the rap reporting that Viola Davis will be back as Amanda Waller, and there's also another rumor floating around out there saying that Joel Kinnaman might be back as Rick Flagg as well. So basically, to recap here, that means we could have Kinnaman, Davis, Elba, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang, and new characters including Peacemaker and King Shark all in the cast. Oh my, and we have to wait until August 6, 2021 to see this thing. (laughs) Oh boy, Haley, what do you think happened uh, with the Deadshot conversation? Is it as reported in the news right now? That sounds viable. I mean... I would believe there's it. A, first of all, there's a lot going on in there of reasons mm-hmm. why, all of which sound credible. Um, I think that maybe disrespecting Will Smith might be something that was not considered as heavily as it should have been by the folks involved. It could be that they realized they still wanted Deadshot, though that sounds less likely to me if yeah. they were already in the hiring phase of going like, we were moving on to this actor. It sounds more likely to me that there was a realization that maybe that wasn't going to be the best way to handle someone who had been in their family, so to speak, before. I do find it a little strange that there wasn't some sort of contractual obligation yeah. to keep the character of Deadshot for Will. Like, it could have been just like a mistake, you know? Yeah. I feel like he would have had that character written and signed on a document somewhere where they, it's not even just about knowing better, it's like there should be legal reasons <laughs> right. why they can't yeah. ca- recast that role. It's very surprising. I mean, it, we don't know the details of any of the contracts that were signed, so it could have something to do with changing filmmaker means that the, the bylaws of the mm-hmm. contract were changed or something like that. We don't know exactly what they signed on to. But it, it does seem a strange conflict to run into after the fact. Yeah, after you make that big announcement. Yeah, That was like, 
everybody's like, okay, Idris Elba's dead shot. Okay, cool. We accepted it. And then they were like, nah, it's kind of not. I really hope, though, I this is my hope of who Idris Elba is. As God is my witness, I'm going to look directly to this camera. If you tell me Idris Elba is King Shark, I'm buying a theater, which means <laughs> if I have to get a payday loan for $10,000, I'm renting a theater. I want to see Idris Elba as King Shark. I think that would okay. be so amazing. I guess the fact that Idris Elba was originally cast as Deadshot and King Shark was announced earlier, I'm like, I feel like, because now, now I'm feeling like King Shark is a smaller role, whereas Deadshot would have been the bigger role, so maybe he's a different character entirely. Well, you know, I mean, it's hard to say what, what it's going to be because at first we were told the focus is on the new characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So also with bringing back these old characters, they could, minus Harley Quinn, they could be dying mm-hmm. off quick. Right. Because I really want them to just shoot Rick Flag in the face and call <laughs> oh, it a no. day. Like, you can shoot Rick Flag in the face. You can leave Captain Boomerang locked up. Sorry, Jai Courtney. I oh, understand. No. Reject that. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> Sorry, you're no. going to lose that battle at the table. <laughs> I, I, I bet I will. But it's, you're, you're going to move on. You're going to build the squad. And that's what the Suicide Squad is. Task Force X has always been new villains brought together. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to have the same ones. You can keep a few. Again, you have your Harley Quinn. You have Amanda Waller at the helm. You you don't have Deadshot. And you just go forward from there. I would have bet that Deadshot would have been one of the ones that the, they had kept. Yeah, that it kept, yeah. yeah. But maybe not. And apparently it could be really easy to, to rewrite that or rework it. Well, it's kind of fascinating, too, because as you mentioned, they... They're probably not going to stick around very long. But there was an interesting quote from Peter Safran, the producer, who Mm -hmm. said it's a total reboot. So, like, this casting news on the heel of that quote, I was expecting a couple people to maybe come Mm -hmm. back. But then bringing back almost the entire Suicide Squad, but calling it a total reboot, makes me very curious about the the mentality of how these films are being approached in sort of the aftermath of Suicide Squad. It's very weird. It's weird. I still feel like when he uses the phrase total reboot, now I just wanted to say recall. (laughs) (laughs) Recall. It's, It's because of like story connectivity issues. I think they're trying to like firmly place out there that even if something happened in the first suicide squad movie, we're not, uh, we're not going to necessarily honor story details. Like to basically like set them free from a creative perspective. I think if, if in order for them to do a reboot, you only don't, you just don't have to mention one thing. Do not mention the enchantress. Call it a day. (laughs) I'm serious. I mean, that's, that's the basic part you don't have to mention. Harley is going to be part of it as well as on her own thing with Birds of Prey. So we see how we'll see how that plays out. Does she leave the squad? Because she's already, you know, she doesn't have the chip. So they can't blow up her head. So how do you do that? You have her for a moment, Birds of Prey or whatever. Then you have, well, actually, because Birds of Prey will come out first. So does she get captured in Birds of Prey and go back to the squad? It's those little bitty things. But... It's not a reboot. That makes no sense because you can't say you're bringing all these people back and like, yeah, it's a reboot. Like, what is this, Ghostbusters? Like, it doesn't work (laughs) like that. Yeah, it's a curious phrase. Do you think we're going to get more people coming back from the first movie? And if so, who would you want? I already got mine. I can't even pronounce his damn name. But uh, the brother that played Killer Croc, he needs redemption to not be as uh, bad. As it was, because if you ever say "Not me, Shorty," I'm beautiful. I wanted to shoot myself in the face, and then when he asked what when they asked what he wanted, he was like "BT." I was like, "I hate you, David Ayer, for writing that in the script." 
you know. Mm. So I want him to be able to be. He's menacing, but don't don't make him that way. You know, you don't have to do that. Give the character some level of redemption. He doesn't even have to stay in the squad, and you don't have to kill him off. Just give him enough to be as menacing as Killer Croc is. Send him on his way. Leave him for future DC movies. Let him not be a total stereotype. Let him not be a complete stereotype, because that's exactly what he was, Mm -hmm. a full stereotype. Reboot that, if anything. I did get my wish in Captain Boomerang, and as did you. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jay Hernandez return. Sure, that also maybe is a, a character that could use a little redemption according yeah. to some of the reactions I read from within the Latino community. Uh, so I would be down for that. But really the one I was I was rooting for was definitely Captain Boomerang. And I am a little bit sad that a lot of people seem to think he's going to be killed off really fast. <laughs> no, oh. I, I really I I enjoyed Captain Boomerang and Amanda Waller. Yeah, those were Done. my two. Well, They're back. And I, I think he has really nice chemistry with Harley. And like they're, you know, they got good. Okay. Aussie vibes going on. I get that. What makes Captain Boomerang so unique beside a boomerang with a GoPro? His his vibe is what made me and a pink en- unicorn enjoy him. Well, no, that's that pink not- unicorn will make anybody unique. <laughs> I just I like the energy he brings to it as a sort of really goofy, uh, mm-hmm. unpredictable member that okay. could, you know, I like a guy who pops a beer in combat. <laughs> this is true. No, I, I, I will agree with you on that one. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. I also feel like we hadn't really seen him go like kooky crazy yeah. before, and I feel like Jai Courtney has way more range than anybody gives him credit for. Jai bless, absolutely. Jai bless. Yeah. Hashtag Jai bless forever. No. All right, we're gonna move on to our next story on the highest <laughs> note ever. This last last one we've got for you today is a brand new trailer, and it's for the Fox movie, Stuber. It is a buddy action comedy starring Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. It follows an Uber driver named Stu who is picked up by, who picks up an LAPD officer in the middle of a hunt for a killer. This movie hits theaters on July 12th. Haley, did this trailer do anything for you, especially hot on the heels of some positive reactions at South by Southwest to the work in progress screen? Yeah, it was... Those reactions were interesting. They were like a mixed positive, I Mm -hmm. would say. But it's... And I see that in the trailer. Like, I have a mixed positive reaction to this trailer. In that there's... There are some comedy beats in it that made me chuckle when I watched it last night at home, but there was a lot of it that felt sort of outmoded and very old school and mm-hmm. not in the way where you see something like, you know, Hot Fuzz, for example, where it's it's doing the old school things in a new way. This mm-hmm. just felt very much like we are just playing by a 1990s playbook, but making it comedy. So I'm not sure. We'll see. I, I love both of those actors, and I, I think they could have really good chemistry, although that's not necessarily what came through in the trailer. Uh, I will say that there were two parts that definitely made me giggle, so I will give it that benefit. I think I'm on the same page. I I feel like the movie feels very dated with the Uber jokes in particular. And I was telling you guys before, the one joke that made me laugh out loud was something like super low tech. It was the stuff at the end of the trailer where he speaks into the the phone and it blasts on the loudspeaker. Mm. But I think what's still keeping me firmly into the idea of seeing Stuber when it comes out is the two of them. I'm never going to say no to a movie with Kumail and Dave Bautista. (laughs) Ever. Uh, First of all, shout out to Kumail being from Chicago, so I'm always going to support the home (laughs) team. Uh, Shout out to Dave Bautista for a great job just getting back in the ring at WrestleMania 35 as brother been in the ring. I get you on that. But however, this does seem really dated. This does seem like the old 90s comedies, but I did say this. It feels like an Instagram sketch that somebody stretched out. Mm. 
it just feels like that. I mean, the, the concept is like nothing brand new that you would hear. Like you said, dated Uber jokes. This seems like, I mean, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go in with an open mind and an open heart. But like, how much do we see of this just being an Uber, him picking up rides until he gets old? You know, then he becomes what official a detective at the end or a deputy or a cop or something like this behind it because you can see where it goes. So unless it just completely spins everything on his head after with more clips and, you know, more trailers. I'm like, I'll see it, but we will see. I'm also a little like I I had this as a movie that I was pretty excited about this year, just based off the combo of the Mm -hmm. actors and also Natalie Morales, who we we love from Santa Clarita Diet. Yes, indeed. She is amazing in Santa Clarita Diet. That show is amazing. Yes, it is. Let's just give another plug right now to Santa Santa Clarita Clarita Diet. Diet. If you are not watching it, you are missing out. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But specifically, Batista, it's just not like a character I was hoping to see him play. Again, it feels sort of old school and very like harping on his machismo and all these sort of cliche types of badass role things that I've enjoyed him more subverting in his career than leaning Mm -hmm. into. And I think that's what they're doing with this. They're like, we're going to play to his strengths. Was his strength his machismo role? The look. Again, they made him dumbed down for the Drax character, but it still plays on those same things. Uh, Even in, uh, what was the one with the hotel that he was just in? Artemis. Yeah, Hotel Artemis, same thing. So it's like you have playing to the, machi- the, the machismo, oh, the beat yeah, up. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, playing into okay, that. Okay. But you have that. And again, to see him as the lead is going to be the interesting thing. Because he's the lead with Kamel in this. So that's where it's going to be like, okay, let's see what you do now. I also don't even know, now that I'm thinking about it, if I would say Drax is dumbed down, so to speak. It's more like he looks at the world and he hears things Fair in a enough. different way. Fair enough, yeah. Fish out of water. Compared, to, yeah, what, compared to what we look at it as and sorry, how he I, acts. I have a very special place in my heart <laughs> so, for Drax. I'm sorry. Because you, you did give me this look like, how dare you talk about Drax like that? Okay, I'm sorry. He, I just, he, he got I dusted. I feel very the, strongly about Captain Boomerang and Drax. I, we see this. And uh, those are two members of two teams. You need to step your game up by. Wait, actually, I have a great uh, Twitter question to address after that. But first, I have plugs for you guys. We have so many plugs. Tomorrow on Collider, you have Collider Live to look forward to. And also, Movie Talk and Rule of Two. And on top of that, good thing we have Haley on the show today because she's going to tell you all about tomorrow's episode of The Witching Hour. Yes. Uh, we have yet another pretty packed episode of The Witching Hour. Lots of reviews for you. We dove into our thoughts on The Twilight Zone in a little spoilery detail now that we've seen two episodes. We did our spoiler thoughts on Pet Cemetery. We did our spoilery thoughts on Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Part 2, not Season 2, Part 2, now on Netflix. And I shared a little bit of my thoughts on the deliciously weird film High Life, which is coming to select theaters this weekend and is a head trip for sure. So, oh, and we recapped our visit to I Like Scary Movies, which we talked a little bit about on last week's episode. It was so much fun. It's so much fun. (laughs) All right. Now to go back to that Twitter question, I was just teasing. Our first question today is from Robert Allen, and Robert tweeted, in Endgame, if you had to pick two characters to stay dead, who would they be? Oof. It's so sad, and I'm never picking Drax. (laughs) (laughs) Don't pick Drax. You're going to pick Drax. (laughs) Damn it. I I set myself up for this, didn't I? Yes, you did. Ooh, pick two to stay dead. Okay. Uh, 
Damn. This is so mean. That's I can't really handle it. See, everybody, no matter what I say, I'm going to get, people going to be angry at this, this one. This is such no. a, like an out of character question for me to have picked, but I, it caught my eye. Vicious. Okay. Uh, nope. I'm not, I can't. Oh, God. I'm just going to take the heat for this one. Oh, no. Because I won't say Drax. Okay. Because okay. I won't say Drax. Star Lord and Mantis. Star Lord is the reason all this happened. When you think about it, he is the reason for all of this. And hmm. Mantis, yeah, I get you putting Thanos to sleep, but you know, we can do without. And I really wanted to say Drex. Why are you just anti Guardians, man? I'm not, I, I love the Guardians. I do. Do you though? I, it's, wait, it sounds on. like you don't really care for half well, of hey, them. Hey, did you see what Star Lord did? They almost had Thor the Thor was just as bad. He, he how? Because he, he didn't go for the head. He, he wanted his revenge. He wanted to savor that moment instead of just killing the guy. You know what? I give Thor a bit of a doubt. <laughs> okay? He watched him snap his brother's neck. Yeah. Now, however, with Star-Lord, your girl, she did. I understand that. We can deal with all this later. He, the gauntlet was on his fingertips. Uh-huh. And then he had to hit him in the face with a gun. No, I feel. And now everybody's dead. I don't even know why I'm doing this. I just like to argue. I don't even like Star-Lord. It's <laughs> like, he's funny. But he's not my favorite character. <laughs> or the people who died pre-snap available in because this game. that those would be my picks actually cuz oh. like one one I would probably go for I guess I'd have to go for vision <laughs> No. Yeah. Vision is actually- you know? I'm sorry. I love Vision. Who are you going to say? Heimdall and Loki. They've had enough. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was going to go. Loki's if- got a TV show, too. Like, it's yeah, fine. If Vision was still in play, I would pick Vision, and I would also probably choose Falcon. Because oh, yeah. I've had some fun with that role, but not to the point that I feel like super invested in him like I do other characters. It's like, because I love Drax so much, yeah. now I can't separate Drax and Mantis, so they both have to come the back. The only reason I'll keep Falcon is because I always believe in the potential of him being Captain America since the comic books. Mm. Because there's a toss-up, whether it's him or Bucky, they will not let us know. If it's Sam or Bucky, they both there's precedent for both being Captain America, so I'm gonna hold on to Sam Wilson Revolution. <laughs> this uh. is an evil, evil question. That was very evil. This sparked the question. some fun conversations. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, this Somebody next said one in the here. Hawkeye's oh, no. wife. What happened? <laughs> Somebody in the chat said Hawkeye's wife. Oh, Leave Linda Cardellini yeah. out of this. She's a saint. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I want Linda Cardellini back. Oh, you are a horrible individual. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to move away from all this death and destruction and go to a question from good old Rocky Drago 66, who asks, thanks to the movie Us, I'll never be able to listen to Good Vibrations the same way again. What songs have you never been able to listen to the same way again? Thanks to a certain film or TV show. Hmm. I've got one from okay. Insidious, and it's not that I listen, not that I ever listen <laughs> to tiptoes <laughs> ever, like casually, but I will always associate it with that specific movie. Now, that's very fair. And it's I, super. It was eerie. always sort of a creepy song, exactly, but, but then it became full blown yeah, creepy. It's different now. <laughs> that's a tough question. To that's come a up. tough question on yeah, the spot. Yeah, that's a is. tough on the spot question. Oh, songs that were redefined. I mean, like. 
not going to even pretend like I have one just coming to my head right now. I was going to try to delay and just think of one, and then nothing <laughs> Maybe happened. Maybe if you deliver a really long um. Um. <laughs> nope, didn't work. This is a All good right. question, though. It is a, I good, will, it is a really good question. I will tweet you my answer later. Um, I can go to another one unless you yeah, have something please, in your back pocket, Let's let, go to another one, and maybe oh, I'll no. think of it. Same here. Okay. Ah, oh, this is a tough one, too. This one comes from Nasser, who's asking, hey, guys, do you think that Phil Lord and Chris Miller could work on an MCU project with Marvel, even though it looks like their relationship with Disney is kind of bad after the whole solo situation? Love you all. Absolutely. If they can make amends seeing what they did with Spider-Verse, just on the animated front, I think they could take a a lighthearted character and just bring it just push it over the top. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Phil Lord, Chris, Lord Miller doing an MCU movie. I would love to see that. I would love to see it too, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to come back hey, under James the Disney James Gunn realm. came back. Well, <laughs> there's, there's one reason, yep. but also... Lucasfilm and Marvel exactly. are different, different departments, yep, so absolutely. there's there's different heads over there who could say, you know, I don't care what happened there. I want them as part of our team, and I wouldn't blame them. I think they're insanely talented filmmakers. Remember, they were going to do The Flash yeah. at first. So, like, if they were going to do a DCEU film, go ahead, let them do an MCU film. They have the potential to do it either mm-hmm. way. And again, like I said, we just saw what Enter the Spider-Verse was. So... I'm, I think it's for the reason you said, Perry. I think it's totally possible. I mean, they wouldn't be reporting to the people they had problems with. They'd be reporting to Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's certainly not without his conflict with directors in the past. Mm-hmm. We all remember the Edgar Wright Ant-Man scenario. Oh. But uh, that's that's not something super common in Marvel, where I would, it's been fairly common in Star Wars over the last few years for directors to sort of run into conflict with the creatives there. Yeah, as far as re- conflict with creatives, yeah. But, I mean, They've had their share of one director on board, then another director takes over. Like Ava sure. DuVernay was originally having Black Panther. Yeah. And then she was like, well, I don't think creatively I'll be able to do what you all want me to do. So she gave it to Ryan. So, Have you guys thought of a song? I thought of one. It's not like the answer that's in my heart, but it's it's a it's it's true. Okay. Uh, which would be Freebird after uh, the Devil's Rejects. Like that huh. that has been needle dropped in so many movies over the years, and it's now much different connotation for me when I hear it. I just think of death and bloodshed and kind of going out on top in a bad way. That's a good one. I would also say Highway to Hell. I was just about to say Nation. I was just about to say Highway to Hell. The second you opened the the horror door in my brain, I went <laughs> even further into it. I feel like there's there's something else that that's really important that I'm not thinking of. Any song from Final Destination, though, because every song, like a roller coaster, will change oh, your entire yeah. mind. Now, every time you hear that roller coaster, because first of all, the roller coaster oh, yeah. accident, and then the girls that's die in the tanning booth. Actually, that movie's got a couple. It also has that. There is someone. One. Yeah. One behind. They got so many movies, so yeah. many songs in Final I'm Destination. That's not the first one my mind went right. to. I love that franchise. All right, we got one more question today, and this one is from Good Old Donny, who's asking. After CinemaCon showing uh, stuff from It Chapter 2, when do you think that we will finally get a trailer? I thought it was going to happen. San Diego Comic-Con. That is so close to release time. Oh, yeah, it surely is. We have to get a teaser before that. You think? I mean, it's New Line, it's horror, it's the audience they're going to be marketing to. You're probably right on that one. I guess timeline-wise, that would make the most sense. I I thought that they would have gone after the Stephen King connection with Pet Cemetery, Mm -hmm. but La Llorona is part of the same brand. So that means we would have to get it officially probably the week of 
right. La Llorona's, you know, release in theaters. Which is very soon now. I would think yeah. we would get a teaser to be attached yeah. to La Llorona and then a full trailer attached to Annabelle Comes Home. Smart. I like it. It there makes it a lot of sense. And then footage at San Diego Comic Con. At Scare Diego. Yep. <laughs> we will be there. No. Yep. <laughs> I love that event. It's, it's a lot of fun. I wasn't oh knowing Scare Diego. I was oh knowing us finishing <laughs> wait, each yeah. other's wait, sentences. Wait, wait. What is Scare Diego? It's the first night of San Diego Comic Con. I guess Warner Brothers and New Line have kind of, you know, staked out their night as theirs, and it's basically where they highlight all their upcoming horror films. How do I get involved in this? It's great. I it's a really a, great night. Hey, Warner Brothers, listen. Email me. Tweet me. I want to be a part of this. They had so much energy. I like being scared. <laughs> Let's do this. I Let's hope you it. get to come. It's a yeah. very fun night. I'm going to be researching the hell out of this as soon as we get off. Oh, I want to ask so many more Twitter questions, but that's all the time we have today. We have to say goodbye already. Jay, Haley, as always, you guys rock. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Another yeah. round of applause for Adam in the booth back there. You work so hard and we appreciate you. We also appreciate everybody out there watching this show. As always, please like and share this video and also tell everybody about Collider Movie Talk in podcast form as well. Thank you guys again for watching today's episode. We will be back 4 p.m. PT live tomorrow for a brand new one. That little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's, that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.